Good to be with everyone tonight. Thanks for getting back out in the inclement weather. It's good to be with our family together to worship God and to think about spiritual things tonight. Well, we're in the middle of the back-to-school season, and you may be seeing back-to-school sales for people wanting you to stock up on your school supplies. I remember back when I was a kid, you'd go to school and you'd come home with uh, the supplies the teacher said you needed to have. You had to have that... uh, uh, that big fat pencil, and you had to have some of that nasty glue stuff, and all the little things you need to have. And moms like to go and get their kids some new clothes so they look all nice and neat on their first day of school. And then you have to go out and stand by the bus stop and get your picture taken with your nice clothes and get all embarrassed in front of your kid, uh, your friends. And there's some homeschool kids in the audience who don't know anything about that, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, but uh, that was the way it was back in the day, and it still is today. Well, I know that all of the kids that are present tonight are homeschooled, but I think there's still some supplies that kids are going to need. And those supplies, I want to tell you, are a little bit different than the ones that the teachers would be sending home. I think that our kids need some spiritual school supplies as they start their academic year. Even though they are homeschooled, I think These principles will apply to them. Some things that our students need as they think about their schoolwork that will help them to grow up to be faithful children of God. We need to be talking about that. And I understand that I'm talking to a small subset of our audience tonight, but parents need to understand what kids need. Grandparents are present who need to understand what kids need. And all adults need to understand what our kids need as they grow and mature to be uh, the spiritual people that God would have them to be. And so I think there's lessons for us all tonight. Our kids need some things as they start their school. What are some of those things that they need? Our students, our kids need, I want to tell you, a good knowledge of God's word. As they start their school year, They need to have a good knowledge of God's Word. We all know that we need to have a good knowledge of the Scriptures. But I want to ask you, do we stop and think about the necessity of this for our children? Do we think about the fact that our kids need God's Word just as much as anyone else? In Psalm 119, verse 9 beginning, Psalm 119, verse 9, we read, Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. I have Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, we think about all the pressures that our kids are facing. And next week I want to follow this up with another lesson towards our young people about the pressures and temptations that they're going to face. But we think about all the temptations and pressures that our kids face. And there are certainly numerous temptations that are heightened and specific for kids and young people to deal with. And we're worried about that. Will so my son stay faithful to God? Will my daughter grow up to be a servant of God? I want to tell you, those are valid concerns. But here is the cure. The psalmist says, Where at with all shall a young man cleanse his way? How am I going to do that? How are we going to keep our kids on the straight and narrow? It's got to be founded in God's Word. They've got to understand God's Word. It is so important that they have a good working knowledge of God's Word. And the psalmist says that he hid God's Word in his heart. Young people need to be hiding God's Word in their heart. They need to understand it and know it. 
so that they could be prepared to live like God would have them to live. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, that Joseph just read for us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's the King James Version. Here's what the Revised Standard Version says. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. <coughs> Parents, we need to be making sure that our kids are learning about God's Word. That they understand God's word. We need to be spending time with them to make sure that they have that word hidden in their heart. And if you have any doubts about whether or not it will work, is it going to work? Is it worth the effort? Well, here's a working example of that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, 15, sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul says this of Timothy. And that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy had had this exercise done on him, hadn't he? This experiment had been done on Timothy of hiding God's word in his heart. And that he had from a childhood known the Scriptures. His mother and his grandmother, you remember, put it into his heart and helped him understand that. And did it work for Timothy? Absolutely it did. You know how, what Paul thought about Timothy. He called him his beloved son. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 20, he would go on and give this uh, acclamation of Timothy, that he had no one else like-minded. There was no one else that Paul would have felt closer to spiritually than Timothy. The young man Timothy Paul admired that much to say that there, he had no one else that was like-minded like Timothy. Does it work? Yes, it works. We need to understand that. Our kids need that. And as they start their academic year, let's remember the importance that this be grounded on God's Word. Kids need to know God's Word. Parents need to be teaching it. Grandparents need to be helping teach and instill it. And all of us need to be helping our kids to understand God's Word. Kids need a good knowledge of God's Word. Tell you what else kids need. Kids need moral courage. As our kids are growing and developing, we need to make sure that we're instilling moral courage in them. As adults, we have to have moral courage. And we need to be developing that in our kids from a young age. Moral courage. Exodus 23, verse 2. Exodus chapter 23, verse 2 says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Don't follow, follow a multitude to do evil. In other words, if everyone is doing it, that's not licensed for you to do it. I grew up listening to my dad in sermons talk about how he had tried the everyone's doing it ploy with his dad and how his dad had shot holes in that every time he did it. I never tried it on my dad. I knew it wouldn't work. Because it's no excuse that everyone else is doing it. Kids, you've got to have the backbone and the courage to go against the flow, to stand up for what is right, and to do what you're supposed to do. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 beginning. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 beginning says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. My son, walk not thou in the way with them, refrain, refrain thy foot from their path. Kids, if someone's trying to get you to do evil, you've got to be strong enough. You've got to have the courage to say no. 
Back when I was a kid, and I know that there's a lot of people in the audience today, some even adults, who will not know anything about this, but the president's wife was Nancy Reagan, and she had a campaign against drugs, and it was a simple three-letter, cam- three-word campaign, just say no. And that was her idea, that if we just told kids to not do drugs, they just need to say no to drugs, and it would help. I think it's a good idea. I want to tell you, kids, you need to just say no to sin. If someone's trying to get you to do evil, trying to get you to do something you know is not right, putting pressure on you to do something that's not right, you need to have the courage to just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Your mom and your dad and everyone else that is here has had to do the same thing and has to do the same thing on a regular basis. Just say no. Do the right thing. Kids, you need to have the courage to do that. I want to tell you, it's easy to do that if you'll step back and look at the road that many people are going down that are doing evil. Your friends, as you grow up, are going to start doing things that they shouldn't do. And you need to step back and see where that road leads. And if you have any question about where it leads, ask your mom and your dad. Ask other grown-ups, where will this lead if I do this thing? Because we have seen it as adults. We've seen what happens when people don't do the right thing. We've seen how it messes up their lives for the rest of their life. You need to have the courage to say no. We've been there. I remember when I was in college, the first semester in college, a guy lived across the hall from me. He was from Jackson, Tennessee. His name was John. And John had grown up in a good family. And he had attended a a church, uh, a denominational church, but he was very committed to that. I think he had even been instrumental in getting his parents to start going to church. Good kid. But he got around some folks who tried to encourage him to do wrong. And guess what? He didn't have the courage to say no. He went along with them. And he got farther and farther into that sin and that wickedness. One night he came to my room and he sat down in the middle of my room and he told me, he said, don't you ever do what I'm doing. He said, I can never be like you, but don't you ever try and be like me. He said, don't do that. He had messed up. He had gotten down so far in this road of doing evil and he knew it was wrong and it was destroying his life and it destroyed his life for a long time after school. But he couldn't get out. He was too far down that road. Kids, you need to have the backbone to stand up against what's wrong. Stand up against evil and do the right thing. You know, you think about it. Why would your kids want, why would your friends want you to do evil with them? Why is that? You know, if you haven't experienced it already, there's going to come a time when there are some kids around you who are saying, come on, let's do it. You're like, no, I don't know. And they're going, come on, come on. you got to come do it with us. you got to come do it with us. you got to get it. And they're going to keep on. They're going to keep. Why would they want you to do that? You know, why is it? Do they want you to do it because they think it's going to be good for you? That it's really going to be good. You really ought to come do this bad thing with us because it's going to make you better and happy. Is that why? No, it's not why. They're trying to get you to do it with them because it helps them feel better if other people are doing bad things with them, doesn't it? You know, I like to go fishing, but I don't have to go to David and say, David, come on, go fishing with me. Uh, I don't know. David, David, come go fishing with me. Please, please, you've got to come. You've got to come. No, if David doesn't want to go fishing, I'll just go fishing by myself. 
But people, when they're doing bad, they need other people to do it with them, not because they're concerned about you, because they want your well-being. No, they're concerned about them. It'll make them feel better if they have someone else doing bad with them. You need to have the courage to say no. But be prepared. If you say no, if you tell them, I'm not going to do that, they're going to make fun of you. They're going to laugh at you. They might call you a mama's boy or a sissy or a scaredy cat or a wimp. All those really bad things, you know, that really that's bad if somebody calls you a scaredy cat. Can't have that. But they'll make fun of you. They might think that you're weird. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says that you'll just experience what God has said everybody's going to have to experience when they have the moral courage to stand up for what's right. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's all. That's everyone. That's young people. That's old people. When you stand up for what's right, you're going to have to suffer persecution. And kids are harsh. Kids will make fun of you. And they may not want to be your friends anymore. But you need to understand that you don't need friends like that. That you want to be a friend of God and stand up for what is right. Jesus tells us how he looks at the situation. When you stand up to what, for what is right and you tell folks you're not going to do the bad thing, here's what Jesus said. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Jesus is pleased with you. You hear me? When you stand up for what's right, and people are laughing at you. And people say, you're not in our club anymore because you're not going to go do this. So what? Jesus is pleased with you when you do the right thing. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We need to be uh, not ashamed, kids, when we have to stand up for what is right. It's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable, but we need to do it. Don't avoid doing something because it's uncomfortable. You need to have the courage to stand up and say it's wrong. And when you do that, let me encourage you. When you stand up for what's right, don't take the easy road out and say, I can't because my mom and dad won't let me. You need to have the courage to say, I can't because it's wrong. That's not right. God doesn't want me to do that. The Bible condemns that. Have the courage. Don't hide behind mom and dad. Be brave. Be strong. And stand up for what's right. Notice what Mark chapter 8 verse 38 says. Mark chapter 8 verse 38. Jesus says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You know, if we don't have the courage to stand up for what's right, if we give in because we're scared, Jesus says we're going to suffer for that. We'll be punished for that. And that we understand, everyone here understands, it's difficult to do the right thing. It's difficult to go against the crowd, but you've got to have the courage to do that. In Second Timothy, in First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve. First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve. Paul says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith, in purity. You know, a lot of people will see young people as being wild or not serious about doing the right thing. Paul told Timothy, 
He needed to be the opposite of that. And kids, you need to be the opposite of that. You need to be committed to doing the right thing at all times. You need to make sure you're prepared to do that. And to parents, as we think about our kids needing moral courage, I want to tell you, we need to let our kids be in the position to stand up for what's right. I'm afraid too often parents are unwilling for their kids to take a stand. You know, you hear about it in the spring when it comes time for prom. When there's a prom and when there's a dance, parents want their kids to go to the dance. And you know why parents justify that many times? They say, well, I just don't want Johnny or Susie to be different. I don't want the other kids to look at them like they're weird. I just want them to fit in. You understand what we're doing when we do that? We're taking away the opportunity for them to stand for what's right, for them to begin to develop a backbone, for them to develop their courage and their resolve to do the right thing. We take away that opportunity from them. When they could, with our support, while they're under our roof, have the opportunity to stand up for what's right, we take that away and we give in. We need to make sure we are getting our kids to develop moral courage. You don't want your kids to be different, really? They're going to have to be different all of their life. We need to work on helping them develop that skill now to have that moral courage. Something else you need, kids, as you start your school year, you need to learn and have a respect for authority. Students, you need to have a respect for authority. And I know that your teacher is also your mother for all of you, and maybe your father. You need to have respect for your mother and your father as well as your teachers. And I'm sure if you ask a lot of the adults in the room tonight if they always showed respect for their parents or always showed respect for their teacher like they should, they'd tell you, no, they didn't. And they might have thought it was funny and cute at the time, I did some things that were disrespectful that I thought were funny and cute, and they weren't at all funny or cute as I look back on them. But God expects us to be respectful of those who are older. There's a story about this in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23, Elisha goes up from thence into Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. Now, there were a group of kids. There was probably a lot of peer pressure involved. And I imagine those kids got a really good chuckle out of mocking Elijah or Elisha and the fact that he didn't have hair. But God didn't take lightly to that. It's a serious thing when we disrespect those who are older. Notice what happened as we go on. And he, being Elisha, turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. It's a serious thing to not show respect. And I probably would have been eaten by a bear when I was a kid. Shameful to say that. We need to show respect to those who are older. Kids, you need to show respect. And part of this needs to be directed to your parents especially. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. You need to honor your, mo your father and your mother. 
Because no one on this earth loves you more than your father and your mother. Show them the respect that they deserve. It's what God wants you to do. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I want to tell you, you show respect to your mom and dad by obeying your mom and dad. And not talking back to your mom and dad. And not doing what they said, but being mad about it. Show respect to your mom and dad. Obey them. Now here's a little secret about your mom and dad. You know, mom and dad like to put you in bed, don't they? And then they go into their room. And here's what they do. They set up at night. Sometimes they set up for a long time talking about what they can do, what kind of rules they can give you to mess up your life. They, make, they, they come up with all these rules because they're trying. They want your life to be a total failure. And so they lay it set up at night talking about it. And they tell you, you got to do this. You can't do that. You got to do this chore. You can't do that because they're trying to mess you up. That's what they're doing. They don't care anything about you. And they're dumb. They don't know anything. And so they're making up these stupid rules. They're just trying to ruin your life. you believe that? No. Your mom and dad love you. Your mom and dad have been around a little bit longer than you have. And they know what's best for you, better than you do. And they're giving you instructions because they love you and they care about you. And you need to honor that and respect them. Show respect for authority. And while we're talking about adults, can I also say that our kids need a good example from the adults that they're around? This isn't to the children, but this is to us who are adults. You understand that children are watching us? Children are watching us. And you may think, ah, no. But think back to when you were a kid. You looked at those who were adults, didn't you? I remember when I was a kid. Looking to the grown-ups in the congregation, and there were some men who were younger than my parents but older than me, and I thought they were something else. I wanted to be like them. That's happening here today as well. Kids are looking up to you. Are you showing them the example that they need to see? In Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2 Paul tells Titus, young men likewise is going to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. We need to show that example to our kids of how they should be. Make sure that we're setting a good example. As we think about things that kids need as they start their school year, there's one thing here that may be Maybe the most popular thing I'm going to say tonight for the kids. And that is our kids need to understand that some things are more important than school. I know kids are wanting to whisper to mom right now. Hey, look what you put up on the screen. There's things more important than school. I told you. I've been telling you this for a long time. It's true. There are things that are more important than school. I'll tell you, God's word and doing God's will, and living for God is more important than school. Parents, why are we interested in our kids getting an education? Why are we interested in this school thing anyways? Because we want our kids to grow up and get a good job and to be able to provide for their needs and the needs of their family. We want them to be good, productive citizens. We want them to have what they need when they grow up. God tells us how we can make sure they have what they need. 
In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus says if we'll put him first, then all of our needs will be taken care of. I want to tell you, that doesn't mean we're just lazy kids and we don't do our schoolwork. Because I believe that doing your schoolwork is part of what God wants you to do. But I tell you, we've got to keep our priorities in check. There are some things that are more important than school. Years ago, I can tell this story because I think there was some repentance involved in this. But years ago, one Wednesday night, a mother and a father showed up to Bible study. But little Susie wasn't with them like she normally was. And I asked, well, where's little Susie? You know the answer I got? Well, Susie had a lot of math homework to do tonight. And so we needed to leave her home so she could do her math homework and not come to Bible study. I thought about that for a while, and it didn't set very well with me. And after Bible study was over, I pulled mom and dad aside. And I said, do you know what you just told Susie? You just told Susie that studying her math was more important than studying about God. And little Susie saw that. I want to tell you, parents, we've got to keep our priorities in check. And we've got to establish those priorities for our children because they're paying attention. We do the thing that's most important, don't we? If the house is on fire, I don't take out the trash. I do what's most important. I choose what I'm going to do based upon what I value the most. And when I say schoolwork is more important than Bible study, I just showed what I value the most. Two plus two is a whole lot more important than Acts 2.38. And our kids notice that. Kids need to understand, though, that there are more important things than school. Kids, don't allow your schoolwork to keep you from doing what you need to do for God. Psalm 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, verse 25 says, I have been old, young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We're concerned about our children's future. What we need to be concerned about is that they're going to be faithful to God. That's first. God will take care of them if they'll be faithful to him. There's some more important things than school. And finally tonight, as we think about what kids need as they begin their school year, they need to understand accountability. Kids, you need to understand accountability. And this is part of what being adult an adult is. You know, there's nobody that tells your dad in the morning, now listen, Dad, you got to get up and go to work. There's nobody that tells your mom, Mom, you need to get up and get breakfast for the kids. Your mom and dad learned accountability. Part of being an adult is that you understand what you need to do and you do it. And you don't have to have someone standing over your shoulder saying, Now did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? You do what you're supposed to do. And you need to learn that. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap of the Spirit everlasting life. You're accountable for how you live. You're accountable for what you do. And you do to learn that and understand that. Solomon put it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. You're going to be accountable for how you live. Not your mom, not your dad, but you. God is watching. And there are going to be times when your mom and dad aren't around. And there are going to be times when you could disobey your mom and dad and you could disobey God and mom and dad would never, ever find out about it. You can get away with things with mom and dad, but you won't get away from, with things with God. God will hold you accountable. And it's a reality of life that you have to do what is important. You have to do what God has told you to do. Because you'll give an answer to that. Kids need to understand accountability. Well, we've got a big year ahead of us as we think about school year. Moms, you have a big year ahead of you as you think about teaching your kids this school year. There's some very, very important things that we need spiritually. And this is the most important thing in our life is our spiritual well-being with God. Kids, you need to understand God's word. Have a good knowledge of that. Parents, we need to be instilling that in our kids. Make it a priority to instill Bible knowledge in our kids. Kids, you need to have the courage to say, that's wrong, I won't do it. You have, need to have the courage to say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. It doesn't matter who's trying to get me to do something wrong, I'm going to do the right thing. Have the courage to do that. Respect your parents. Respect those who are older. Don't be like those young kids who mocked Elisha. You make sure that you have we, adults that we're giving our kids good examples to follow. Help our kids understand that there's some things more important than school. Help them with their priorities. And help them understand accountability. Hope the things we've talked about tonight have been helpful. How about you tonight? How are you spiritually? How is your spiritual well-being? If, they're here, if you're here tonight and there needs to be correction to that, there's no better time than right now. And if we can help you, let us know while we stand and sing.